I'm Dr. Greg Winteregg, CEO of the Private Dentist Alliance. I want to talk to all of you students out there today who are wondering what your future is going to be like as a career in dentistry, as an assistant, as a hygienist, as a dentist, where is this profession going with the rapid increase of the DSO movement? I'm here to tell you the PDA is going to help you and I want you to become a member today. It is free. Now, why should you become a member? You're gonna get weekly video updates from me and you're gonna get regular updates of our newsletters from the Alliance on exactly what is happening and how we are going to help preserve and protect the private practice of dentistry. Now, to me, the most important advantage is you are going to get access to our job board. What is that? Our private practicing members all have access to our PDA job board, which means if they have an opening in their private practice of assistant, hygienist, doctor, front office staff, they're going to be able to post it. And you're gonna be able to check up regularly. And as our membership grows, we're gonna be covering larger and larger territories across the United States. If you are looking for a job in any position in the office of a private practice, you need to become a student member today. It is free. Go to www.privatedental.org and become a student member today. You're gonna to love your benefits. Do it now. What is up guys, it's your boy Matt Havis back at it with Dental Student Vibes Podcast. And today we have Dr. Carter on for the second installment of how he's gonna save you millions of dollars of money and taxes as you progress through your dental career. Tune in, check it out. He gives lots of tips on how he uses tax shelters. What are they, how does he use them, and why does he like them so much? He explains all of it, why you should use them, no matter who you are, what stage you are at in your career, you should definitely check that out. He loves talking about how he employed his children when they were young, how he set up their futures financially, and how he really got good tax breaks based off of that. He also talks about his honeybee collection and how he uses that to write off money, his honeybee farms, how it helps the community. So he's giving back, but he's also saving money. Check it out. Very, very interesting topics. Very unique, but we really love all the input, and you know, someday we all, we all might be beekeepers. So enjoy it. We hope you guys loved it. We definitely did. It was very helpful. As always, follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. Make sure you give us a like, comment, review, share it with a friend. Let us know what we can do to make the best podcast for you. So as always, let's stay safe and let's vibe on. Your money can grow in the tax shelter tax-free. and But at the end of your life, it all goes to the charity that you that you recognize needs the money, right? And then David, could you give our listeners some examples of some tax shelters that are pretty pretty common? Sure. Well, so so personally, I have my own. I've got a, I've got several of my own charities. Um, you know, one of the charities I have is for people who are affected by drug and alcohol problems. Because I will tell you that the stresses of being a dentist will cause you to drink and possibly drug. And when do you cross the line? It's hard to say, but you know, dentists have the second highest rate of suicide behind air traffic controllers. So it's a great profession, but please make sure you have a, a life work balance because without it, you'll find yourself going from social drinking to heavy drinking. And so I set up a, cha a charity that helps people, helps people to stay in recovery because getting, getting sober is one thing, 
staying sober is another thing. And it runs in our family. So I just felt like it was a, you know, it was a good thing to do. So now I have my own, I have several 501c3s. That's one of them. And so at the end of the year, if there's any money left over, I give to my own charity. I want, I want to control that money. Okay. And so not only do I just put it into another account, let's say that a set up, that's a charity. It's my, it's my, it's a bank account. It's my charity, you know, LLC 501c3. Now I get the benefit of a charitable donation. Okay. So let's just say there's $50,000 left of that, of that 350 that I didn't spend. I'd like to donate it to charity so I can get a, a tax deduction for the money that I gave to the charity. I can have my own charity. I now, once it goes in the charity, you have to, that's a whole nother conversation. If you, if you're just putting it in there cause you want to help people who are in my, like in my case are in recovery, that's a great thing, but there's also ways to do it. You could have a family member run your charity. Al Sharpton does that. You know, Jesse Jackson, other, other notable people have a lot of charities that they actually have their children run. And so it's just part, it's legal. You just have to be keep really good accounting of it. And just, you know, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Don't do anything stupid. You know, just have a good cause that you want to give it to. And just know that at the end of the year, when you meet with your CPA, that's why you meet in December. Cause you go, what do I want to write a check for right now? And what do I want to wait for till next year, till January to write a check for Okay. So these are just good ways down here to not only take the money at the end of the year that would have been taxed and you put it into a non-taxable entity that you also can get a, a tax break from a tax deduction because you gave to charity. So in this scenario over here, let's do the math here on this side, got Dr. Good Steward. He did good. He said, I'm only going to pay myself $100,000 a year as a W-2 employee, so I'm going to pay $20,000 in taxes. And over here, I'm paying another five, so I paid $25,000 in taxes. What? Oh, don't forget, I also gave to charity down here too, right? This gets close to almost zero if you do it right. Everybody follow up? Yeah, wow. And so you just have, you have to understand and do this and don't rely to, on a CPA. If the CPA was so smart, he wouldn't be pushing a pencil for everybody else. Yep. Hey, David, Anthony's got a question for you. Okay. So I kind of just want to make sure I understand this by summarizing and tell me if I'm going off course anywhere. Okay. So you start with your practice production rate and you subtract your overhead. And that's the number that we're going to start with, right? Okay. So what you're saying is you pay yourself... You find a doctor, which could be yourself as the employee, and you start your own personal management corporation, your LLC. Yep. You pay yourself a normal rate for, let's say, like a part-time dentist, like you said, like 100K. Yep. And then the rest of it you send to your personal management corporation, and you use that to pay for stuff like cars in your house and stuff that can get written off as business expenses. Children's education. Put, start putting money away for your kids. I yeah, promise exactly. you, by the, time, by the time they're 40, they probably won't have to work ever. That's awesome. Five twenty nine. Yeah, that would be nice. But like you said, you, you got to spend all that by the end of the year, and then the frugalist stuff you you can spend with the eighty k that you have left after taxes from the W two employee. Like, what do you do with that eighty k? Yeah, exactly. So you're paying your this over here. Do other things with, it. and don't forget if you have children, your children can work for your practice. Mm -hmm. Even little kids, 
my kids, my kids came out, they, they, they grew up right as the internet was beginning. I know it sounds like, you know, the stone age. And so I was like, how can my kids become employees of my practice? I was like, well, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to build one of these things called a website. Now, I'm not joking. This is when websites just first started. You know, it was a landing page just telling everybody that, that was new to the internet, finding out that internet, oh, Carter Orthodontics, look at those cute kids. Those kids look like models. Hmm. They resemble Dr. David. I think those are Dr. David's sons. So they were paid as models. How about that? Yeah. Isn't it like up to 6,000 or something per child per yeah. year? Yep. You're, well, your, your CPA can tell you that, but yeah, you can pay them thousands of dollars a year. Yeah. As at, at, at basically, they're not, they're not going to pay any taxes. Just right. have them take that money. I mean, those kids don't need to spend it. Put, start putting that away for college education. Put it in an interest-bearing account. Right, 529. And then so... Great example of this, and you guys have all seen this, is Dr. Paul Goodman, uh, Dr. Nacho. Um, you can see in literally every email, everything, his kids. Yeah. He has pictures of his kids. Oh, they're the models. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really think, uh, there you go, that's why. Because he's paying his kids. Maybe he also thinks his kids are cuter than other kids. <laughs> baby, too. baby Nacho Nachito yeah. is uh, accruing her college fund yeah. as we speak. She's working for it. <laughs> so this... In this example, I hope nobody chooses to get, be over here on this example, right? Because it, on this example, you're going to get the end of your career. You're going to just be you, you're going to have nothing saved, nothing put away. You are going to be. Don't be doctor. Don't <laughs> David, <laughs> David this is so so clear the way that you explained it, like. Thanks. I've heard like Tom Wheelwright, you know, all those big CPA guys explain this sort of stuff. This is like, this is way to go. This is awesome. I think everybody can understand it, especially all of our listeners. The thing with, yeah, the thing with it is, uh, you know, we can all agree on that is you use terms that we understand. You use terms that, you know, you can, you know, kind of wrap your head around. When you throw these big terms out, if you start throwing terms that people are like, wait, what did they, what did they say? That's when you lose your audience. But it's nice. You, like Seth said, you gave a nice flow. It's there's a flow chart. It makes sense. The one little jump leads to the next one. Yeah, I think it's genius. Yeah, and I'm a visual learner. And for the people who w w uh, watch the video, I mean, like, it's spelled out. It's concise. It's layman's terms. And I know this is hypothetical, but he's talking about an eighth time decrease in taxes. Like you're paying an eighth of your taxes compared to if you paid the right. normal yes. W-2 way. So I mean, right. that's pretty impressive. George, what do you think about all this? Yeah. I love the flow chart. I think <laughs> that's the best way to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you, let me repeat, you know, tax avoidance is, is completely legal. Tax evasion is not. Tax evasion just means I'm not going to pay any taxes. And I hope Uncle Sam don't find out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tax avoidance is very legal. In fact, if you read the tax code, which I've read twice, yes, I don't sleep much and I read a lot. And I realized if I could, I, I remember about 10 years ago, I was like, I'm paying way too much in taxes. I must be doing something wrong. This isn't working out too well. And it just, it spurred me on to, to learn the tax code and go in the tax code and find out what is it, what is it in the tax code I'm not understanding. And so as I read about the tax code, I'll just tell you other stories. This is this very interesting things. My youngest son it, he went to um, University of Georgia. Go dogs! I know you guys, some of you yeah. guys are Florida Gators, okay? But um, he he became a a farmer, 
Okay, he's got a, he has a degree in, in, in agriculture. And so we, we were talking about, you know, what, what would be interesting to do farming? We wanted some property close by. We wanted to do some high-tech farming. And so as I talked to him, he said, Dad, you know, he goes, there, there's, a, there's a real opportunity in raising honeybees. I was like, go on, tell me. <laughs> and so he goes, you know, there's a problem with honeybees. Uh, they have a, a problem right now called the colony collapse disorder. Let me stop sharing my screen here. It's called the colony collapse disorder. Bee, honeybees, which are pollinators, they're very important in our, in, in our food chain, okay? They're dying off and they can't really figure out what it is. They, they think that, that what's happening is it's not, it's not um, uh, they think it's the herbicides, okay? Not insecticides, but herbicides are killing off the, the, the colonies. And so we're, the number of, of bee colonies out there is dropping quite a bit. I was like, okay, let me do some research. You know, of course, let dad do all the hard work, right? Right. So I started researching, I need to have a farm. I don't, I don't know how to do it. I'm not a farmer, but my son is. You know, I'm probably gonna need a tractor and all those other things. You know, I just want some farm property I can hunt on. That's all I really wanted to do. I want to get some land, you know, take the money from a management company, buy me some property. This works, you, you know, you know, buy some dirt, buying dirt's a good thing. All right. So <laughs> I started reading about honeybees. All right. Did you know what I discovered? What's that? Honeybees are considered livestock by the wow. IRS. I did not know that. <laughs> They're livestock, like a horse. Yeah. I was like, what? I love honeybees. So we have a farm. It's a legitimate farm. And so that we don't make a ton of money, but you can, if you really worked it hard, you know, and, and had like 15 or 20 colonies and you rent the beehives out to orchards. We, we're in a very agricultural area here around Augusta, outside of Augusta, Georgia, where I live. We have, we were, there's peaches and all kind of flowering uh, fruit plants that obviously need honeybees. And these, these guys raising the, those plants don't want to, they don't want, they only want the honeybees during certain times of the year right during pollination time and so what you do is you have these boxes of bees and they're flying around you just shut them off for a little bit put it in your truck drive them over to the to the peach orchards let them out and they go around and do what they're supposed to do for about two months okay you go back when in one night you close them back up and take them home and you get a check for renting the beehive wow I love you. rent. That's wild. Okay. Can you explain real quick about the livestock and how it's a tax deduction or it's tax deferred? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, people think, well, you're raising honeybees. Is that for honey? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, we sell honey. You know, of course, honey's great for allergies and stuff, but especially local honeys where you're from. You know, local honeys really help, help people have allergies, which I have allergies. But then the, the other part of it, since, this, since you think, well, am I going to grow plants or I'm going to raise animals? Well, I can tell you this, it's expensive to raise cows and horses and pigs and goats and stuff, okay? It's not very expensive to raise honeybees. They go out and get their own food, okay? They go out and get nectar and they bring it back, okay? So it really is a very, it's an inexpensive farming opportunity and go, go on and figure out how to do it. Buy some hives, get some queens, you know? We've developed a, a, a system where we actually it's a high-tech system we can attach a, um, a a weight gauge and a temperature gauge to the to the the um, uh, beehives 
And when the bees leave the hive, the weight of the beehive goes down. And it's important that you monitor when the bees leave and when they come back, because at some point when the hive gets too big, they all leave. It's called swarming. They'll leave the honeybee colony and you go in there like, where'd my bees go? You didn't give them a big enough house. So what you do is you progressively put, you split the hives every, you split the hives two or three times a year. And, and you, you literally grow your business by simply building another house to put them in. It's the craziest thing in the world. These little bugs, a queen bee, the queen bees sell for like 50 bucks. Wow. I love bees. I didn't know I was going to love them so much. And so you got crazy things like that that you can do. If you think outside the box, you're like, well, so I own, I own a few hundred acres of property that my honeybees are on and we have a farm. It's a corporation. You know, we, we sell stuff. We, we don't make a lot some years. Some, some years we lose stuff. When we have to buy seed, you know, the food for our livestock, <laughs> we, do that, we do that certain years and we don't do it certain years. So some years we, we lose money. The IRS says that you got to just be, you can, if you, if you lose money too often, they consider it a hobby. So you got to, you got to show a profit. So, you know, we show a profit. We, we rent the farm out to companies, you know, dental practices like mine <laughs> to entertain. Okay. To go hunting. We pay the farm for use of their property. We sell honey. We rent some hives every so often. And so we do make money some years, but then other years we lose money. And the IRS is happy to say, you know, you lost some money in that corporation. That, since you show losses in one corporation, that can offset some profits. Love the word profit. Offset some profits in some of the other corporations. The really wealthy understand their money very well. Let me tell you what, whether you like him or not, Donald Trump's one of the smartest businessmen that's ever walked this planet. He's a billionaire. Okay. Why does he only take a dollar a year to be president? Because <laughs> he'll get taxed on it. He don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you got to understand that the really wealthy are wealthy just not because, yes, of course they have great accountants and stuff, but they understand their finances. They, they are very good stewards of their money and they, you need to know your, how to handle your money better than your CPA. Because if you leave your finances up to a CPA, I don't care how good they are. Unless they only work for you, they have a lot of other clients. At the end of the day, it's not their money. They don't care. They don't really care if you lose it or make it. They just push pencils around. And giving advice, they can't give advice like an attorney can. There's no, there's no client attorney privilege in accounting. And the IRS says, open your books. They have to open the books. Okay? So keep track of your stuff. Like I said before, one of my first accountants told me, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Don't be greedy. Okay. Just understand how to understand how to manage your money, how to be a good steward of your money. Don't forget the tithe, too. The Bible talks about give 10%. There's a reason why. It's just simply so that God, you understand that everything that we own is God's. We're just stewards over it while we're here. Because as soon as I die, this house is going to go to somebody else. The learning loft, somebody else will be here. Hopefully teaching other people like this. So just understand that, that just, you know, make sure you tithe, make sure you can't manage your money correctly. Put it in, put, set up good corporations, understand why you're setting them up. You're going to use my, my example. Hey, that's fine. You know, start your own farm. I don't care. Mine's just even more legit. Cause I have a farm. I got a son who's got a farm degree. Yeah. I mean, how good is that? Yeah. You know? 
And um, and my other son was in wealth management, so he does all of my financial advice. Yeah, there you go. That's the craziest thing. I'm like, I lucked out. I got two good boys who work for the daddy because they know one day it's all going to be theirs. Hopefully, not too soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, any questions for me, guys? I'm sorry we had a little delay there at the beginning, but you guys got any questions about anything? Uh, for this was awesome, awesome talk. I, again, Super. really appreciate it. George, Anthony, you guys have anything? No questions. That was great. Honestly, that's the best part. It's it, when it's so straightforward. There are questions because it's right. self-explanatory. Right. It just explains right. itself, and that's the beauty of the flowchart. Anthony, no, I'm good. Okay, so I do have one question, and I feel like this is more of a next time question. Okay. okay. So now, David, we're going to be getting out of school here in a, a year or two, and who knows what's going to happen? Like, let let's pray that you know we can get into a really good position somewhere with, you know, a dentist like yourself, right? Um, but, you know, we might end up in, we, first of all, we don't even know where COVID's going. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. And as you know, like there's been tons of practices, pro small private practices shut down. So let's say we end up as an employee, as the associate. I mean, we're definitely going to be an associate the first year out. How does that model work with an associate? Because yep. would you ask to be paid a 1099 versus, you know what I'm saying? Or like, Yes. Like a deal with the owner, like, hey, would you mind just straight up paying me as an LLC rather than a W2 or 1099? So yep. maybe that's a question, you know, I, that's obviously a very long answer. So now, asking to pay you as a 1099 independent contractor. Yeah. That, that's, I can tell you right now, not next time. You try to be an independent contractor because what they're going to do is they're going to write you a check, not take it, they're not going to withhold any taxes. Then it's up to you to handle it. Okay. Right. The problem is most people go, ah, go ahead and take the taxes out. I'm gonna have to pay them anyway. What a cop out. That is the lazy man option. And that is horrible stewardship. And if that's your mindset the rest of your life, you'll be at the end of your career going, I have no retirement. I don't even know why I'm still working, but I still got to pay the man. And you, and they never figured out how to do what I just told you how to do. Now, again, I'm a, another disclaimer. That was an example. You know, I don't want the IRS coming to say, Hey, you said they're going to make, keep $25,000 in taxes. Listen, it's an example, but it's a very, it's how I do it. And it's a lot of, a lot of it's how a lot of other the very successful dentists and doctors do it. You just have to know it better than your CPA. Like I said, gotcha. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much. Like this is yeah. probably one of the most educational podcasts we've ever had. <laughs> Seriously. And we, we want to say thank you so much, you know, for taking the time to actually explaining this, going through the motions recommending great steps like you said you know you are recommending an option not saying this is the only option but it's a great feasible strategy that a dental student can wrap their mind around and then can actually ex execute this plan so that's yeah. wonderful yeah, well good awesome. i mean if if i hope somebody watching this in a few years goes oh my god i remember watching that video and i did exactly what he what he said and it worked <laughs> And in fact, your accountants will go, how do you know so much about this? You know, they're, they're kind of stunned. They're like, you're not a normal person. I'm like, right, because I don't want to pay a lot in taxes, man. I want to hang on to more. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. I think, Seth, you said that right at the very beginning of the show, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yep. David, can you tell us um, about everything else that you're doing? You got your hand in everything. Yep. So, yeah. So, on, my, on one of my next uh, – uh, interviews or webinars that we're going to do i want to talk to uh to your your tribe dental student vibes i want to talk to them about how to turn your dental practice into a direct to consumer practice 
how can you sell stuff to your own patients online, prescription straight stuff, whenever they want to order, how can they do that? And we created a company called Forever Line Club. And I'll go, we'll do a deep dive on that pretty soon. But it's a very interesting business model that I think all your followers will get it like this. Guys my age don't understand it. They're like, wait, buy membership and then discounted stuff. And, I, you know, aren't I supposed to fit things in their mouth or like hand it to them? I'm like, why would you ever want to do that? My kids, they do everything from the sofa and ship me stuff. Okay. Send it to me. I'm, I'm on a Netflix binge right now, dad. Okay. And give me some more coffee while you're out. Right. So next time we'll talk about forever line club and how to turn your practice into a direct to consumer dental practice. How do you can make money while you sleep? It's possible. Cause I do it. Love yeah. it. Love it. We love that. And thank you so much to the American aligner society for presenting this meeting tonight and making all this possible. Uh, listen, man, it, it's a, uh, it's great to be on the show. You guys got it going on. Um, I watched Howard this week, and man, did you? Th I thought I talked a lot, man. That dude, he got it going on like Donkey Kong. He's you know, awesome. he's, he's awesome. got the gift of gab. So I look forward to you guys uh, being with you guys again pretty soon. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, David. Cole, Anthony, George, and Seth signing out. Thank you. Peace, guys. All right, guys. That'll do it for our interview with Dr. David Carter. This was how he can save you millions of dollars in taxes, how he learned this throughout the course of his career. Truly, truly brilliant man. He is the ortho prophet both clinically and financially. He is just awesome. We loved all the wealth of information he had to share with us. We hope you guys did too. We hope you guys pick up at least one thing from it. Share it with a friend. Let them know because this is some truly high yield information that could benefit all professionals, whether you're in medicine, dental, whatever it is. This will definitely help all of us. So as always, let us know what we can do to make this the best podcast for you. If you want to hear about a topic, you guys have somebody in mind you want us to interview, or if you want us to find somebody on a topic, we have no problem doing that as well. Hit us up on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. Shoot us a DM. We always read them. We love to hear from you guys. So as always, let's stay safe and vibe on.